Today, we do want to continue in this series of My Jesus. We've been in Luke 4, been around verse 18 for the last couple weeks, and today we want to look at that very next phrase. We want to focus our attention as we think about my Jesus today. We want to focus our attention on the fact that he is our true access. Our true access. Charles Haddon Spurgeon used to, used to tell this story of a certain duke who once boarded a galley ship. As he passed the crew of slaves, he asked several of them what was their offense. Almost every one of the men claimed to be innocent. They blamed someone else or even accused the judge of taking bribes. And that was the reason they were on that ship. However, one fellow, he spoke out and said, Sir, I must confess I'm, I'm guilty. I stole some money and no one is at fault of me being here but me. Upon hearing this, the duke seized him by the shoulder and shouted, You scoundrel, what are you doing here? Among all of these honest men, get out of their company at once. And he was sent or he was set at liberty while the rest were left to tug their oars. You know what's interesting is that with all the people that were aboard this ship, there was only one when confronted by the duke who responded in truth. And because he responded in truth, this captive was set free. Whether we realize it or not, we're all guilty of sin. Because of Adam's disobedience in the Garden of Eden, sin, this sin nature has been passed down to all mankind. And we call this sin nature human nature. Along with it being passed down to all mankind, the consequence or the penalty of sin has also been passed down to us as well. As a matter of fact, we find in, in Romans 6 and, and 23 that the Bible says that the wages, the consequences, the penalty of sin is death. So in a sense, all mankind's held captive to sin and death. But similar to the duke in this story, having the authority to liberate this one truthful captive. Luke 4 helps us to see that Jesus Christ was set, was sent into the world with the power and the authority to set all mankind at liberty from their captivity. Jesus was sent to provide for us a true access to liberty. We have seen over the past couple of weeks that Jesus was in his hometown of Nazareth. And on the Sabbath, according to his custom, 
he entered into the synagogue and when he was noticed, he was invited to read and expound on the scriptures. He turned, they gave him the scripture of the prophet Isaiah and he chose to read Isaiah 61, this messianic prophecy. After reading, he closed the book. He sat down and he shared that today, in your hearing, scripture has been fulfilled. Again, what we find is Jesus is saying, I am the anointed one. When he sat down and said, scripture is fulfilled, he is saying, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. He is saying, I am the one who the spirit of the Lord is upon. I am the one who was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, sharing with them the truth of eternal life. He was saying that I am the one who was sent to heal the brokenhearted. So he is our true comforter. And today we see in this very next phrase in verse 18 that Jesus says to proclaim liberty to the captives. In other words, what Jesus is saying is I am the one who was sent to proclaim liberty to the captives. He said, I am the one who will provide you true access to liberty. Now, when we look at this passage, and knowing it's a passage in Isaiah 61, it's very, when Isaiah wrote this passage, it's very well he could have been speaking of the Jewish captives in Babylon. We remember due to their sin and their rebellion, Israel was taken captive by the Babylonian army. But God... God told them in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So it's possible that whenever this prophecy is read, that the Jews thought back to that Babylonian captivity. It's also possible that the Jews, when they would read this passage of scripture, they thought about what was taking place right then. Because for 400 years, they had been under the rule of Rome. And they were still presently under the rule of Rome. So it's possible that when they read this, they thought about God was going to send the Messiah to free them from Rome's control. But it's possible when Jesus read this passage of scripture. <laughs> because we live in a broken world where sin abounds. Because we are born with mortal and corruptible bodies. And you all know these bodies are going to lose the battle with death. If the Lord tarries and I don't know about you, I pray he does. Yes, I want to go on and be with the Lord. But I pray he tarries because there are people I know and people I love who are lost and on their way to a demon's hell. And I'm praying that God tarries to give them more opportunity to have access to the Lord. We find that 
because we have these mortal and corruptible bodies and because these bodies are going to lose this battle with death. Hebrews reminds us of this in, in 9 and 27 where he says it's appointed to men to die once. So it appears to me that Jesus be, being sent to proclaim liberty to the captives, he is saying to them as he is reading this passage, as he closed the book, as he said that today in your hearing, Scripture has been fulfilled, fulfilled, he is saying, I am the one who has come to redeem you from the bondage of sin. I am the one who has come to pay your penalty for sin. I am the spotless Lamb of God who come to take away the sin of the world. I am the one who has conquered death, hell, and the grave. I am the one who will give you access to a relationship with God the Father. I am the one who will give you access to an abundant life. It appears to me that Jesus is saying, I am the true access to liberty. When we think about this passage, the fact that Jesus is our access from sin and death is illustrated over in John's gospel. If you look in chapters 9 and chapters 10, we see the evidence that the Jewish people have been held in captivity. No, they're not in captivity of a literal prison, but they're held captive to the burden of the laws and the traditions that's been placed upon them by the Jewish traditions. This is illustrated in John 9 when Jesus healed a man who had been blind from birth. And because of this miracle took place on a Sabbath day, the religious leaders took issue and they excommunicated this man. Jesus began chapter 10 in John's gospel by distinguishing himself from the religious leaders of that day. Jesus illustrates by calling the Pharisees or the religious leaders thieves and robbers. They were deceiving people with craftiness, using words in a way to where they took scripture out of context to get what they wanted. So they were thieves. They also use force and power of position to abuse the people. So he's calling them also robbers. And Jesus, so as Jesus is calling them thieves and robbers, here in this passage, they're refusing or they're just not understanding everything he was saying. In, as a matter of fact, in verse 6, we're told that the Pharisees did not understand. And Jesus tells them point blank that he is the door to the sheep. It has been said, it has been said that the door to the sheepfold or the door to the sheep pen or let me say, say it this way the sheep pen or the sheep fold itself it, it was this enclosure that protected them it may have been 10 to 12 feet high and, and one of the shepherds would serve as the gatekeeper one would lay down at the entrance of the sheep pen or at the entrance of the sheep fold and he would serve as the door or a gate to the sheep. It's in this illustration where Jesus shares another truth of who he truly is. He is our true access to liberty. Jesus said, I am the door. He's the door to the sheep. You know, you know a, a door, what it does, don't we? It simply 
uh, provides a way for you to either exit or enter into another place. Or you can exit one place, enter into another place, you go through a door. And so if the sheep were going in or out of the sheepfold, they had to go through the door or the gate. If the sheep were going out of it, they had to go through the door or the gate. So if someone were to come in to come to the sheepfold, they would have to come through the door. If anyone would leave out of the sheepfold, they would have to go through the door. So if anyone came into the sheepfold any other way than through the door, then they're no more than a thief or robber. If anyone brought the sheep out of the sheepfold any other way than through the door, then they were no more than a thief or a robber. And this morning, some of us may be feeling like we've been held captive. You, you may be feeling bound or imprisoned to the lust of the flesh or lust of the eyes or even your pride of life. I, I, I want you to know that Jesus has come to give you access to liberty. Jesus is the door. And when you walk through him, you will find liberty from sin and death. You'll find liberty to walk in a newness of life. What you'll find is Jesus is the door that provides us access to salvation. He is the door who gives us access to salvation. In John 10 and 9, we want to look right there. John 10 and 9, the Bible says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. Look at that last phrase. He will go in and out and find pasture. The sheep were kept in a sheepfold during the night but the next morning the shepherd would call the sheep and the shepherd would lead them through the door out out from the sheepfold and once they walked through the door they could find pasture now living in rural robinson county most of us in here understand what it means to find pasture you know, there's very few, maybe some of you younger ones, some of you teenagers or young adults or those, you children, you may not quite understand. So let me help you with this. If you've worked in a farm long enough, you've been around farm animals long enough, you understand this. What it means is that they would go out and spend the day eating grass, drinking water, or even resting. Without having access to food, water or rest the sheep would die so the shepherd would take, give them access through the door to go find food water and rest the sheep couldn't pay for food water or rest but when they went through the door they found access to food water and rest not only that they couldn't earn food water or rest but when they went through the door they found they found access to food water or rest you're not getting this are you the sheep might not have deserved food water or rest but when they went through the door they had access 
to food, water, or as somebody should have shouted right there. Because you can pay for it. You can earn it. You didn't deserve it. But we have access to eternal life through salvation in Jesus Christ. Jesus is saying, if you want my provision, if you want access to salvation, you must come through the door. And Jesus is the door. This man, he was blind from birth in chapter 9. He couldn't give himself sight. His parents couldn't give himself sight, but there was one who could give him access to sight. The disciples asked Jesus if the man was born blind because of his sin or the sin of his parents. Jesus said neither. The man was born like this so that the world could see the works of God. God had sent Jesus to do the works of God. God had sent Jesus to proclaim liberty to the captives. God had sent Jesus to be the door for man so that we could receive salvation. So what Jesus done was he spat on the ground, made some clay, anointed the man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool. When the man came back, he was able to see. Jesus was his access to help that he needed his access to help that he couldn't find anywhere else his access that no one could give him Jesus gave him access to a testimony and he told the people all I know is where I was blind now I see who's got a testimony that once I was blind but now I see there was a time when I couldn't see my need for a savior but now I see there was a time when I couldn't see his truth in his word but now I see there was a time I couldn't see that Jesus Christ is Lord Almighty, but now I can see it's because He is the door, and He gave me access to this truth when I walked through the door. Yes, when this blind man walked through the door, He gave him access to liberty from a condition that He was born with. <laughs> Oh, I want to remind us, like this blind man, we were all born in a condition that we had no control over. <laughs> a condition that we couldn't change. A condition that no one else could help us with. And this condition was sin. We were born spiritually blind. We were born spiritually bound by sin. We were born spiritually dead in the trespass of our sins. And like this blind man, we couldn't pay for access to salvation. We couldn't earn access to salvation. But the good news is, Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives and he set us free from that uh, from sin and death he came to provide us a door a door that will give us access to forgiveness of our sin that leads from death to life access that leads to an eternity in heaven and if we believe Jesus is the anointed one the Messiah the Savior of the world, God's only begotten Son, and believe that God has raised him from the dead, and we're willing to profess him as our Lord and Savior, then we shall be saved. But there's no other way to be saved. Can I say it like this? 
regardless of who you talk to, regardless of who you listen to, if they tell you there's any other way to God than through Jesus Christ, they are no more than a thief and a robber, for Jesus is the door to salvation. We must come by the door. We must come by Jesus Christ to have access to salvation. <laughs> well, I, I'm hoping this is sinking in. <laughs> I'm hoping this is sinking in. I don't know if you're looking at me because you're confused or if you're looking at me because you're waiting for what's next. But either way, I want you to keep looking and keep listening. Because the truth is, Jesus doesn't only open the door to salvation for us, but Jesus will also close the door for our safety. I, I, I know there's, it's spinning now. You're asking, what do you mean, preacher? Yeah, well, he is the door that gives us access to safety. Let's go back to John 9. John chapter 10 verse 9. When he says I am the door. He says if anyone enters by me. He will be saved. Now we know the word to be saved. It means to be delivered or to be set free from danger or any sort of destruction. So when we use this in church, we immediately think of being saved from the penalty of our sin. And this is true. This is what it, it means and this is what it's describing. However, it's also describing something a little more. We can't forget the word saved. It refers to being spared. From be, it, it refers to being made safe. So when Jesus said, I am the door, he also meant that he would also give us access to safety. Remember, a door, it opens to give us access out and it closes to keep others from having access in. <laughs> Stay with me. Some commentaries have said that often shepherds would sleep at the gate during the night. And this would keep the others from coming in to take the sheep out of the sheepfold. We talked about the robbers and thieves, right? So, the door was closed to keep the sheep safe inside the sheepfold. The door was closed to keep them safe from these thieves and robbers and even safe from themselves. Sheep are wandering animals. Sheep are also often blind animals. And because they're blind and wandering animals, if they get out on their own, they could get close to a cliff. And if they got close to a cliff because they couldn't see the terrain, especially at night, then they were in danger of dying. Let's look in chapter 9. As we think about this blind man, we, he found himself feeling, not, not feeling very safe among the religious leaders or, or the Pharisees. After Jesus had healed him, they questioned this blind man. They questioned him because they didn't care about him. Instead of rejoicing with this blind man, 
<laughs> they questioned his parents because they didn't care about him. He was blind all his life and now he's healed. And because the miracle took place on the Sabbath, they didn't care about him. They assumed that Jesus was a sinner and not from God because he healed on the Sabbath day because they didn't care about the man. (laughs) Because the man shared his testimony of the power of Christ to heal, they didn't care about the man. Instead of celebrating with him, they cast him out of the city because they didn't care about him. Jesus found the man that had been cast out and he revealed the truth to this man. And the truth was that the Pharisees were actually the ones who were blind because they refused to believe. But this man... This man believed that Jesus was the son of God and Jesus turned his life around and because he walked through Jesus, he became safe, safe from the traditions of man and he was brought into a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and Jesus allowed the door to the city to be closed to this man for his own safety. What we know is that God is a God who opens doors that no man can close. He's a God who closes doors that no man can open. God closes doors for our safety. We have a real enemy and the enemy is out to steal, kill, and to destroy. But our enemy is no match for our God. Our God sees what our enemy can't see. So he knows what the enemy is up to. And you know, I'm sure... I'm I'm almost certain we've all been in some circumstances or we've all been into some situations where we wanted God to open the door of opportunity only to find that that door was closed. Now listen, if God is sovereign, and he is, if God knows all and sees all, and he does, (laughs) then it's possible Young people, that the door to that college you didn't get in, that door that was closed to you because, and you couldn't get into that higher institution of learning, uh, maybe it's because God closed that door for your safety. <laughs> Well, I needed to get away from mom and daddy. I've just been tired of being under their thumb and in their house. Well, possibly God could see what you can't see. As a matter of fact, I'm certain God could see what you couldn't see. And he closed that door for your safety because you weren't ready for it. It's okay, parents, if I tell the truth, isn't it? You know, we know our children. And there's some children that excel when they go off to school. And there's some children that don't need to go off to school. It ain't because they're not as good as the other children. It's just they're not ready. We've sheltered them. Somebody should say amen. We've sheltered them. We, we, I know that Iola and I sheltered ours. We found that out her first year in college. And she done well being at home. And now because she was at home, God saw something she couldn't see. She not only fell in love with her university, but she fell in love so much that that's where she wants her career to be at. God can see what we can't see. So he closed the door to that. And instead of being angry, maybe we should thank God. Yeah, uh, maybe that job or the promotion we didn't get. 
Oh, when that door closed to us, instead of getting angry and, and blaming somebody else for, for riding off somebody else's work or, or, play, or, or throwing a race card and saying, I didn't get a promotion because of my race, just maybe it's God's providence. And he saw that if you took the job or if you got the promotion, it would draw you away from him. You would quit going to church every Sunday because you had to work later than before. You would quit reading your Bible because you were stuck focusing on the job or you quit spending time and volunteering doing things for the Lord because you're all caught up in making more money. And what that ended up being is more time at the beach, more time in the mountains, more time everywhere else than in God's house worshiping him. It's possible. God closed the door for your safety. It's possible that that relationship that broke your heart was for your safety. It's possible that God had heard the cry of a mom and dad who had been praying since birth, your birth, and crying out to God, send the Christian man or send the Christian woman for my boy or my girl that you would approve of, that will love you with all their heart, mind, and soul and strength. So I know that they'll love my child because of their love for you. And God heard their cry and God closed the door to that relationship that would have ended up being abusive or that would have ended up being with infidelity or would have ended up leading you away from the Lord. Maybe God close the door to that relationship because he's got somebody prepared that if you'll just wait on him your Boaz will come or your Elizabeth will come and when they come it'll bless your life it's possible (laughs) and I believe in those possibilities it's possible that the door closed to your situation not out of malice (laughs) But for your safety. I remember, and I've shared this. I've applied for jobs prior to coming here as your pastor. Yeah, when I graduated college, I went straight into construction and I applied for job at the job at the job. Over the years, those 14 years of doing power line work. I applied for job after job after job. I never once, I never once, I don't know why. I can't say I was always in a place to where I could reason through scripture. I don't know why, but I never even considered. Maybe it's my last name. Maybe it's my skin tone. I I don't know, but I never considered it had anything to do with me being Native American. But doors just kept closing. Until there was one job around 2000 down in Shalote that I knew I was more qualified for than anybody that applied. I was the only one with foreman experience for a first class lineman's position. I was the only one that would have been out in the field with a college degree. I was the only one who had had 14 years or, or at that time I, I, I had I had about eight or nine years of, of, of this line work experience. This I knew this job should have been mine but the door was slammed shut it's the only time I got angry only time I was sorely disappointed 
And then a few months later, God reminded what he had been doing in me for 10 years. A few, 15 years as a matter of fact. A few months later, while trying to read a passage of scripture, I just couldn't focus on anything. It seemed as if the, pa- the pages were blank. And the only thing that I could say was that God has called me to preach the gospel. It was just a few months later that God showed me, you didn't need to be in Shalot. I needed you here so that you could proclaim the gospel to your people. Because your people would understand you. Your people would hear you. Your people would know that, that this is who you are and where you come from and that you believe. Believe in what you're preaching to them. I didn't understand it, but a few months later, he revealed it. Listen, folks, it's possible that when doors that we think are doors of opportunity, when they're closed shut, it's God just keeping us safe. Every eye closed, every head's bowed while they're preparing to come for this invitation. I want to share with you today, listen to me as your eyes are, are closed and your head's bowed. Keep your ears upon what I'm about to say. The door that God desires to keep closed to you. To keep you safe most of all from is that door that leads you to being eternally separated from him. He desires to keep it closed. So what did God do? He provided a door that gives us access to salvation. He done this. By giving his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to this world. Jesus left the splendor of heaven to come to this sin-cursed world. He lived a sinless and perfect life. But he gave his life on an old rugged cross. And he arose from the grave on the third day. He ascended back to the Father and is at his right hand making intercession on our behalf until the Father says, go and get my children. The door of salvation right now because of what Jesus has done is open to who so ever will but it's open now while you're here on this side of life while the blood is still running warm in your veins it's open to you you must believe in who he is and what he has done and you must confess him as your lord and savior otherwise otherwise one day this door will be closed to you for the safety of those who've already walked through the door so my question is as they begin to sing this song today are you ready to walk through the door
Are you ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Would you come today? The door's open to you.